Storytelling UTSA. Listen, honor, share. Inspired by StoryCorp's mission, which is to preserve and share humanity's stories in order to build connections between people and create a more just and compassionate world. Leadership and Volunteer Services is embarking on an interview collection series inspired by StoryCorps to record and preserve the stories of our community members. Tune in this fall as we start our new series all about resilience. Hi, I'm Elliot Howard with UTSA Leadership and Volunteer Services, and I'm here today with Michael Vela with Counseling and Mental Health Services to talk about resilience. So how are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing well. I'm actually with the Center for Collegiate Recovery, but we are inside Counseling and Mental Health Services. Thank you for that, for that clarification. Yeah, and I wanted to get to you talking a little bit about yourself and the, the work that you do here um, at UTSA. Yeah, well, I've been with UTSA now for a year, and um, I'm working in the Center for Collegiate Recovery. And we are, like I said, we are based, um, a program based within uh, the Counseling and Mental Health Services, but we run our own program, run our own show. And we are here to support students who are currently in recovery from substance use and addiction, as well as students who are struggling with substance use and addiction. We provide services to help get them into recovery. Um, and that support looks like everything from academic help to social help, hangouts, having fun, to recovery support meetings, um, and whatever, anything and everything in between. Terrific. Terrific. Um, well, on the, on the topic of resilience, it um, clearly seems like you're a great person to be talking to about this. Uh, you know, recognizing that challenges and failures happen to all of us. Um, and this program is intended to you know, invite UTSA community members to have this sort of one-on-one -on -one conversation about our own personal experience with resilience and explore how we build our capacity to succeed um, despite and maybe because of the challenges we encounter. Um, so, with that, um, you know, again, thank you for taking my invite, which I know was basically kind of out of the blue. Um, thank you for being so willing to try this out. Um, I knew we'd really found a, a great person to, to talk to as soon as you were so immediately open to having this discussion. Absolutely. Well, how about if we just jump right into a few questions? Sure. Um, so what does resilience mean to you? Uh, so to me, resilience, um, one of the best definitions um, is, it's, it's one of the easiest ways to explain it is, is to, to be able to be, to bounce back. Um, but I also think of it a, a little more as being able to move forward um, despite struggles or um, despite negative experiences. If you think about resiliency as a term in science, it's the ability to return to original form. Um, but as people, oftentimes we don't want to go back to original form because original form means that we struggled. Um, and so we want to be able to move forward and through uh, pain, trauma, hard times, negative experiences. We want to come out different um, and stronger and better in the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
kind of like the idea of elasticity, resilience is 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 snapping back. But Absolutely. I get I get what you mean about how it really in, involves uh, growing beyond uh, our original shape or habits or um, norms. Absolutely. Um, well, how about the idea of a growth mindset? Um, what does that mean and how does that relate to the idea of resilience? Yeah, I think about the growth mindset in terms of taking um, a lot of working out, like uh, exercising and working out to me is a, is a really good metaphor because when we think about a growth mindset, when we want to be healthy, um, we can, our bodies are, are get to a place of um, getting used to what we're doing and gets used to the routine. So we stop growing. And I think our minds do the same thing is that, that we, we get into these routines or our study habits and we get comfortable and we stop growing. We, we kind of reach maximum capacity. And so if we're going to have a growth mindset, we have to figure out how do I challenge myself to keep growing? Um, and, and it requires that that challenge, whether it's a small change to a routine or so think about working out. If you do the same exercises over and over again, you're going to stop developing muscle. Um, if you're wanting to develop muscle, you're going to have to change it up just a little bit to throw your body off um, so it can continue to grow. Yes, I'm a runner and uh, I can really relate to that. The, the idea of, you know, if your first attempt at running a 5k or something, you know, didn't work out and was, was miserable and, and didn't meet expectations. If you took that as I'm not a runner, can't do this. Um, then, then, uh, um, certainly that would be self-fulfilling, but if you're able to, like you say, kind of use those challenges as episodes of growth where you, challenge your body and and uh, then let it rest and let it let it grow through that yeah I like that I like that a lot um, how about what is practicing a growth mindset look like in day-to-day -day terms yeah I think um, practicing on a day-to-day -day term is, is simply what something new I'm going to do today um, what is something outside my comfort zone that I'm going to do today um, we have routines we like routines we do well in routine um, and, and structure is is important to resiliency um, in order to to function and do well and survive uh, we need to have structure and that's real important but we get into those plateaus and so if we want to continue growth we have to throw something in there that 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 pushes us a little harder or is a little different uh, maybe that I'm going to talk to somebody new today, uh, somebody that I'm not familiar with. Um, if we're, you know, racial justice is, is in everybody's mind and conversation these days. So maybe it's I'm going to talk to somebody that is a different skin color or from a different nationality as me or a different subgroup as me, affinity group, whatever word you want to use, um, because that's how I'm going to grow um, my, my cultural connections. It's just doing something different each day. 
um, and while at the same time maintaining those core structures and core behaviors. Um, so in recovery, we talk a lot about developing spirituality. And so some of those core behaviors might include uh, meditation. And so daily having a meditation as part of my routine, but then I'm going to read something new today uh, on a different topic or on something that challenges me in a different way. It's a habit we could all work on more frequently. I've incorporated mindfulness practice into classes and certainly into programming with the uh, leadership and volunteer services and really appreciate helping students develop that skill set uh, and practice that skill set. Um, a related question, how do we learn to better appreciate the growth that comes from struggling and sometimes failing. Yeah, and I think this one's hard for people is, is to appreciate the past or appreciate the pain. Um, but without pain, there is no growth. It doesn't happen. And, and like even in, if we're just talking about learning um, and, and learning new information and we're, we're at a university, so we study and grow. But essentially what's happening is we're changing our brain. Um, and, and things are getting created and the, the act of creation is a challenge and just think about reading a book sometimes sometimes we're reading things and it's a really painful process because there are other things we would rather be doing but without that process growth doesn't occur if we're working out and we're building uh, we want to get build muscle we're tearing down our body in order to build muscle we're going through pain and so we feel that soreness the next day as the body heals um, and it, it's the, the reward that comes later that is the, the growth that we experience. Um, and we can only appreciate it in hindsight. We can only appreciate it once we have the finished results. And so when we're going through pain and struggle, we kind of have to remind ourselves, I can get through this and I will be a better person for it or I will grow through this, um, but I cannot appreciate it until I see it or or even if I can't see it I can't appreciate it a lot of it is how we think I remember having an aha moment as an undergrad not having the language of growth mindset at all but just one day recognizing that everything I was about as a student was just trying to demonstrate proficiency and that if I couldn't do that I was not apt to open my mouth you know and and recognizing that I was somehow cheating myself by fixating on that and not being able to be, you know, comfortable with asking a question that might sound dumb or, you know, showing that I was struggling with a concept in class or writing assignment or, or, or whatever. Um, or for that matter, in relationships, you know, with my peers. <laughs> and that was, I don't know that I necessarily did anything right away with that, but it, sunk in enough that I remember it however many years later yeah I, I similar for me like I had a, a moment where where I was kind of just reflecting on my life and really uh, I was reflecting on the blessings I had and it was one of these moments where I look back at a period where I was completely struggling I was I had turned to alcohol to cope, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. I was just angry at the world and I couldn't really, I still for this 
to this day, can't really pinpoint what I was angry at or what had happened, but I just knew I was not coping the best and I was destroying relationships, destroying trust. And I was really destroying the career I was working towards um, because I had already, uh, I was in grad school, getting my license and completed all that process in my first job. And so it was a span of just dumb choices and, and my mental health was going out the window at that point too. And when I look back at, at every little decision, every little step and every turn, I, I, I had this moment of, you know, if I hadn't had gone through those things, if I hadn't made that dumb choice or these um, <clears throat> decisions, it, my life wouldn't be what it is today. And I look back at that and see like that was my growth. It took those moments to get, to go through, to have the blessings that I have today because I wouldn't have um, met certain individuals that pointed me on a path that would eventually lead to meeting my wife, that would eventually lead me to the career I'm in, that would eventually to all these great things that I have, my life would look completely different. Um, and so even going through those struggles, uh, I can look back and say, man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for those experiences. And, and I, don't, I don't look back on it with regret anymore, which is a really cool thing. That's a great perspective to have, that thankfulness for wrong turns and, and uh, the richness and all the other you know, frustrations and challenges that came along with that. But recognizing that they're part of our path. Um, time, I wish I hadn't gone through it, but today I don't think I'd change it. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of, of what we can change, how do we change our thinking about failure to reframe it as something else that, that's not to be kept at arm's length, but um, as not yet succeeding? Yeah, that takes a lot of intention. It takes a lot of practice. Um, you know, we're the key to anything is about our perspective. Um, how we look and think about things is ultimately impacts how we feel. Um, and how we feel is going to impact how we behave. Um, and, and so when, when we think about one of my favorite um, modes of therapy or, or modes of doing things is cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and it focuses on two things, thinking, which is the cognitions and behavior, which is uh, how we respond. But the middle equation is feelings and it doesn't necessarily address the feelings because the feelings aren't as important in the equation. We feel how we feel. That's okay. You know, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be anxious. Um, that's a normal response to what we're thinking, um, which oftentimes is where it's not okay and because we think in these extremes. And so one of the things I try to tell myself is that it is okay to fail, um, but it's not okay to give up. Um, it is okay to give up if that's the right choice in the moment. Uh, meaning, you know, there are some things that I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do and I have to accept that, you know, that's acceptance is crucial 
Um, and I oftentimes, well, in recovery circles, you'll hear the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Well, sometimes I have to accept failure. Sometimes I have to accept I'm never going to be a 4.0 student, no matter how hard I try, um, but I can be a passing student, and I can accept that it's not going to be perfect. Um, I can accept that somebody will always be better than me. I can accept that I will be better than others. You know, just reminding myself, acceptance, acceptance. So those mantras really help. Um, I love the quote, uh, and I really don't know if Thomas Edison actually said it or not, but he said it. I did not create a thousand ways to uh, I, to fail. I created a thousand ways to not create a light bulb. You know, and I ask students this all the time. I'm like, did he fail? And and they'll look at me stump sometimes, but I'm like, look at the light that's turned on. He didn't fail. It just took a long time to get there. You know, if he had given up, failure would have occurred. Uh, so the moment that we fail is the moment we stop trying. And so even if we, so even that, to be able to say, you know, I didn't fail, I'm still trying, I just haven't succeeded yet. Um, so when we go after our goals, um, if we don't hit it in our first attempt, we did not fail, we just haven't succeeded, uh, which is very different. Uh, semantics is important. Yeah, I think we listen to the things we tell ourselves and <laughs> semantics is real important in that. And the committee in our head, it's never good. <laughs> Rarely is it good to listen to our own voices. Um, sometimes we have, to, we have to get some outside help. We, got to, we have to get other people to be able to tell us, no, you're not thinking. I feel like that, that um, this Resilience Project, um, these Resilience Storytelling podcasts are partly a way to um, you know, convey to students that there is this possible community out there. And when you talk about finding other people to help us get new perspectives or you know, help us better practice um, a growth mindset or resilience, um, how important has that been for you? If I didn't have people, I, I don't think I would be here. Um, the, I mean, that's the reality is that if we don't have the tools or the support, um, it becomes really difficult to, to succeed in life, to achieve our goals. And, and, you know, if we throw mental health into the picture when depression sets in, um, if we get to that point where we lose all hope, um, then, then suicide becomes the option. Um, and that's not something anybody wants. Um, and even if they say, I want to harm myself, um, there is that underlying factor of I really don't, but I don't see another option. Um, so having community is key. Um, and, and when I look at recovery from addiction, it's without community, there's no recovery. Um, addiction, addiction is a disease of isolation and, and recovery is, is a cure of connection. Um, and so in order to succeed in life, we need people. Uh, we need somebody who can, even if they don't understand, even if they haven't walked a mile in our shoes, because that's the reality is nobody's walked in our shoes. Even if you have, if you have two people that witness a horrible event, both of them experience the same event, but they may perceive it differently, which means they've experienced two different events. 
Um, and so they have not walked through each other's shoes. Um, but you have people who can listen, who won't necessarily tell you anything except, yeah, that sucks. Um, I'm still here with you or, or you can do it. You can be better. And, and you know, we, we need all sorts of kinds of cheerleaders uh, and we need the ones that will sit with us and let us be in pain. We need some that will extend their hand and say, it's time to get up. Um, I, I, I appreciate sometimes when, when somebody can tell me, you know what, it's time to put your big boy pants on and, and you can do this and go and they give me that harsh, uh, tough love a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I, that's not all I need. I need people that are going to let me wallow a little bit and that are going to let me struggle a little bit. And then I need, I need somebody to turn around and say, okay, enough. Um, if you don't know what to do, here's what I have done. You try that. And, and that helps. And so there's lots of ways that people can support us. Mm. And for people who I think feel isolated, feel like they don't have any uh, supportive community, it can it can feel kind of insurmountable to to find that. But recognizing that there are a lot of people on this campus who are who are here for them, for exactly those people who who feel like they're in that place, um, and um, that we it would make our day to have that person, you know, give us a call, send us an email, whatever. Yeah, and it takes courage. I mean, you, so we talked about changing that mindset. And most of us have a thought that either nobody's going to want to talk to me or my problems aren't as big as everybody else's problems. And so we're listening to just this negativity telling us don't reach out because who cares? Uh, you should just get over it. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Um, and the reality is, is if we're going to grow in that, then we have to make ourselves uncomfortable and reach out. Um, and one of the things that I like to, to think about is, is we're not being a burden. We're giving people the opportunity to grow as well. Um, we're giving people the opportunity to serve and to love and to care, which is a blessing for them. Um, and so in essence, when you reach out for help or support, you're doing somebody else a favor. Um, which in turn should make you feel better as well. And so it's, it's kind of a, a really neat thing that we do this in addiction recovery all the time is that in, in helping another addict, you are, you're helping yourself. And so if you're letting them help you, you're helping them and you're helping their recovery process. And so it's, it, it really does make us all connected, um, which is really cool. That's a great thought because learning resilience is not a once and done thing. Um, dealing with the, the kind of challenges that take resilience, um, those challenges don't just pop up in your late teens and early 20s or, you know, they're, they're not all solved and over with by the time you hit 30 or 35 or 40 or 50. Um, they just change complexion in some ways. I mean, and ultimately resilience is the means by which we cope, you know, so even if we're choosing poor coping skills, uh, I, I've always said this, that, that alcoholic addict, they are some of the most resilient people I know. And the reason is because they have survived trauma. They have survived negative experiences in life that, that a lot of us can't comprehend. And they're still 
kicking it, you know? They're, they may have not be coping in the best way and, the, and probably one of the most harmful ways, but they survived. And, and it's because they're resilient. If you drop them in the middle of the street without any money, they're gonna figure out how to be okay and get what they need in their mind to survive. And they may con you out of it, they may manipulate you out of it, but they can do it. Um, and so typically it is when those coping skills stop working um, that our resiliency becomes shaken and that we need to find new methods. Um, and so in which we change the resiliency skills to something more positive, like reaching out to other people, meditating, spiritual practices, um, less harmful, less destructive. That seems like it gets at a, an important idea that resiliency is bound to be something that's kind of organic and changing through time for all of us. Yes. Not, not just for uh, alcoholics and, and other addicts, but we all use the resources we see as available to us at a given time and then have to recognize that that set of resources and approaches um, probably can and should change over time as as we change. Absolutely. I mean, think, think about a, an infant. What does an infant do to get what it needs? It cries. It doesn't work as an adult. <laughs> we, we, we cannot flop on the floor and scream and kick to get our way as much as we would like to. Uh, we have to, to find other means. Mm -hmm. Ah. Well, um, are there aspects of your work and or of other resources on campus that you feel like are real relevant to this conversation that you wanna take a minute to highlight? Absolutely, you know, uh, the Counseling and Mental Health Services offers lots of um, workshops and support groups um, for depression and anxiety. Uh, and really with that, it isn't about, it isn't necessarily about just talking about why I'm anxious or why I'm depressed. It's talking about how to survive it. And again, because how we feel is how we feel and there's nothing wrong with depression. There's nothing wrong with anxiety. It's our ability to cope with it is usually having a, that we're having a problem with it. We don't like the way it feels. Uh, but it, those groups and those skills can really help us uh, navigate it. Um, and even sometimes we need the, the, those coping skills before we can ever begin to do real work as to why we got that way to begin with. Um, same thing in addiction recovery. You need to, to build those skills to, to deal with all the crazy feelings that we that we don't like and then we can go back in and look at trauma and then we can go back in and, and heal all the hurts that have occurred in our life um, because we're not capable of it in the moment which is why we need all these other things to help us deal um, so so there's definitely um, some support groups out there you know if you're struggling with substance use or you're in long-term recovery having the, a community that can rally behind you um, if you get on Rowdy Link, and there is, I don't even know how many student groups out there, just clubs and communities and organizations that you can connect to that for, for pretty much any interest that you, you can find, there's people out there who can connect. Um, and right now, especially that, that we're still so much online and we're missing that face-to-face -face interaction, um, these engagements give us the next best thing to connect to people. It's not, it may not be perfect. 
uh, an ideal. Um, and I feel that too, um, not having people, I miss having somebody in my office face-to-face -to, -face to interact with. Um, but it is still important not to disconnect from people. And so I'll take the hit on my eyes versus not having touch with people because uh, my eyes do get strained. <laughs> uh, but I'll take that hit so I can have connection to people. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk today with me. Um, share a little bit of your story and, and your perspectives. I feel like I'm coming away with um, with a new outlook in some ways about resilience. And uh, I hope that we get some viewers of this who do likewise. Um, so I really appreciate it both, both personally and for our resilience storytelling listeners out there. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I love, I love the chance to talk about resiliency and talk about growing. So thanks for giving me that. Thank you so much for tuning in to Storytelling UTSA. We are so excited to connect our community members with each other. Your story matters. What you've gone through matters. Who you are matters. We want to continue to highlight our community members as many as possible. Head on over to our RadiLink page, Leadership and Volunteer Services, and fill out our form, storytelling-shareyourstorywithus. Let us know who you are and what your story is. We would love to hear from you and get